Guys, do you want to pretend that uh, Brandon Sheffield quit the podcast and that he's never going to be back? This is episode 86 of the Insert Credit Podcast. I'm Alex Jaffe, and I currently own 13 physical copies of games I have never played. Oh, God. Uh, I'm Frank Cifaldi, and that is way too specific to name off the top of my head. Can you round to the nearest... How about the ones with an eyesight? Sure, with an eyesight. I've never played one, two, three... I'm Frank Spaldi, and I currently own 13 games that I've never played. Oh, samesies. I'm counting right now. Well, in that case, I'm Michael Kerwin, and I don't think I own any physical copies of any games I've never played. Great. Well, you played the demo of that. Yeah. Oh, so... Does it, does it... Oh, that's right. So I guess I have two physical copies, and they're sitting right there. Yeah, and you left them here, yeah. Heck yeah. Right, so I've got... Man, I've got nine here. And uh, one, two, three, four of them are from Frank that he gave me from IDOS. Uh, oh, from yeah. IDOS recovery. That's Tim Rogers speaking. Uh, That's joining, Tim Rogers, yeah. Joining us, uh, sitting in for Brandon Sheffield this week, is action button programmer Michael Kerwin, who uh, brought us such hits as Ziggurat and 10 by 8 I'm the new Brandon around here. Yeah. Each of which, uh, uh, Ziggurat and 10x8, each of which sold at least 100 copies. Yeah. We fired that Brandon guy. We'll never see him again. Yeah. Uh, we so, 86 him is what we did. Oh, like the episode 86. I knew we would have to mention that. <laughs> so th- th- that was real slick. Do you know uh, what the mafia slang 86 means, Kerman? Uh, fired from the podcast, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> good joke. Now, see now here. Why is it eighty six, but also one eight seven? Well, one eight seven is uh, what L.A. County uh, police code for homicide. As we've got, we got one eight seven, and eighty six means you drive the person eighty miles outside of town and put them six feet six feet under. Oh, that's so good. That's what eighty sixing someone means. Uh, in the olden days of this show, uh, I would take the winner of last week's podcast and have them introduce the inaugural topic, and I'd like to do that again. Uh, Frank, you oh. won last week's show. Do you have a topic for us this week? Man, it was like five minutes ago that you were like, you know, since Brandon's not here, let's do away with that thing where you have to introduce the first topic. So I have no topic, but I guess I'll improvise one. Let's see. You, you hinted at one earlier before the show started. I don't remember that. But uh, okay, so uh, as we all are aware by now, the year of Luigi was a financial disaster for Nintendo. I believe it cost them four hundred eighty-six million dollars, something like that. Mm. Um, so let's propose a, a new year of for Nintendo and uh, maybe come up with a marketing plan. Um, I know who my favorite Nintendo character is for this, but you know I want to start with uh, Michael Kerwin on this one. Well, wasn't the year of Luigi a celebration of some particular anniversary? 
Um, it might have been the anniversary of Mario Brothers, perhaps. Yes. Was it Mario and, uh, or was it Luigi and Princess Daisy's wedding anniversary? That was probably it. Their, their six-month anniversary, is that what it was? So the year of Daisy is next, right? You know, Mario and Daisy were originally an item in Super Mario Land, so Gene mm. Luigi's kind of sloppy seconds after uh, he turned Man, her Luigi, harsh. Don't put it that way. You, you just busted out some serious bro slang there. Yeah. Happy. Uh, <laughs> um... Uh, was Mario really... I don't think Mario was... Uh, I think he was just being nice to Daisy, same way he's being nice to Princess Peach. Luigi's probably the one who... Uh, it was probably Mario who introduced Luigi and Daisy. Oh, yeah. that's nice! I rescued that's real princess. nice, Michael. I rescued canon princess. accepted, as the Tumblr kids say. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Swap a second. God. Well, I, I want to propose the year of Cranky Kong. Um, <laughs> oh. Because oh, I... Oh. I I read the uh, Wikipedia talk page for uh, Cranky Kong today, and uh, there's been heated discussion going back at least five years about whether he is canonically the original Donkey Kong. He is. Well, he is according to the instruction booklet uh, written by Rare, but but as, as a link to the past, uh, the name of the Wikipedia editor will tell you... Uh, Perhaps Nintendo just kind of overlooked that, and uh, maybe we should not accept this as canon until someone who actually works for Nintendo confirms it, as opposed to Rare. Aren't there certain? Aren't there lines of dialogue in the game indicating that? There are. Yeah. There are. Yeah. So, what's the my problem is if Donkey Kong is aged up to Cranky Kong, how old must Mario be by now? Well, no, this this was brought up in in the discussion page as well, Jaffe, and and as uh, one of the editors would tell you, apes age much faster much faster than humans, and uh, if you do the math, it kind of works. Kind of works. Mario could how, be in forties. How many years passed between Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Country? See, well, this is the point, right? This is this is what the year of Cranky Kong would finally solve for us. So that's that's why I propose that uh, fiscal year 2014 is the the year of Cranky Kong. In what way would that manifest itself? Because Luigi Luigi was already a playable character, so they were able to do like Super Luigi U and everything. But right, but like they could make Cranky Kong give him his own game. Character. He was pl- he's playable in uh, Tropical Freeze, the Put him in Mario Donkey Kong Put him game. You can play as Cranky Kong in Tropical Freeze. Yeah, and he's great. He's the best character. So, so he deserves his own year. Uh, so yeah. yeah, it's already underway. Is what yeah. you're saying? Yeah, you're the crank. We're I would in say it. that I think it would be cool if they made a. Uh, uh, so they made a Super Princess Peach before, and it was really bad. Uh, just yeah. it was an all-around bad game. It had nice graphics, but that's about it. I think they should do a year of Princess Peach. Because recently, Kerwin and myself, we played uh, Donkey Kong, well not Donkey Kong, Mario Kart 8, and in Mario Kart 8, Princess Peach can ride a motorcycle, and she wears a motorcycle outfit, and she looks really hot. They should make a platform game about motorcycles. Can I broaden that concept to Year of the Princess, where we... uh... Year of the all of the princesses of the Nintendo canon. Well, I would like to do that as well, but... It must involve motorcycles. It would have to... If they did that, it would have to be... Princess Rosalina would have to be in there. The newest princess. And she's lame as heck. But wh- hair covers her eye, and that makes so her mysterious. 
She's like the lamest character Nintendo's ever made. Well, you just haven't made. gotten to know her yet. Give her yeah. a couple minutes. Now, I think the true answer here is the year of Waluigi. Sure, uh, obviously. Because if the year of Luigi was a financial failure and Waluigi is Bizarro Luigi, mm. then it stands to reason yeah. that oh, the year of Waluigi is going to be financial success. I suppose so, yes. But, uh, like, man, what were they thinking with the year of Luigi? It's like, oh, this is a character that is uh, historically less popular than the other character in the game. Let's just uh, jokingly, ironically make a whole year about him. That's like That was a bad idea, man. Look, okay, like, like, like the, the, I, I want to go with the princess thing because uh, during the year of Luigi, you may remember uh, Satoru Iwata in these Nintendo Direct videos always had a Luigi hat on. Oh, I see where you're going. Yeah, I want to see Iwata wearing a princess dress. So. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm totally behind this. Yeah. All yeah, right, that's the end totally. of that. Yeah, I think Iwata should be forced to wear a princess dress in all and- the videos this year. There's been a lot of clamor for a Legend of Zelda that is actually about Zelda. Yeah, if you had the Year of the Princess, you could have Zelda in there. So Rosalina is also... No, but then having it be the generic Year of the Princess is like... It's kind of like just... I don't know. There's still princesses. There's still that standard of princessliness. You know, screw it. Maybe Apple should just buy him after all like they're going to. I mean, they're about to Skylanders it up, according to recent news. True. Like, yeah, they're they, certainly Skylandersing it up, yeah. There's no way they can't Skylander it up. So here's the thing I don't get, Mar- speaking of Mario Kart 8. Why the heck aren't there just all the Nintendo characters in that? Like, they, they got all the Nintendo characters in Smash Brothers. Just put all the characters in Mario Kart. You can still call it Mario Kart. Super you know? Smash Kart. No. People would buy that. Call it Mario Kart. It doesn't okay. have to be called Nintendo Kart, just Mario Kart. It's the new Mario Kart. It's got Samus and Captain Falcon in it. You know, it's like, who cares? Why do they have to stick to just being Mario? Seriously. That makes sense. Ronald McDonald Rainbow. That's the end of my tangent there. Okay, uh, you got 40 seconds left. 40 seconds. I just ended it. Come on. Move on. All right, we're ending it. All right, here we go. The... Uh, which of the Minecraft projects that make gaming news practically every day do you consider the most impressive? Oh God, uh, man! I so here's the like I I've recently been downsizing the number of video game people that I follow on Twitter, right? And I've recently been hiding a lot of video game people from my Facebook timeline just because they they talk about video game crap way too often. So I only ever see uh, so, I mean, I haven't seen so many Minecraft yeah. project stories recently. I saw one yesterday that was somebody had built a Mobius strip in Minecraft, and uh, I looked at all the photos and the video of it, and it was a really lame Mobius strip, so that didn't impress me much, you know, as my friend Shania would say. So I think uh, I think the answer is the calculator that someone built in Little yeah, Big Planet. Yeah. Oh heck Has yeah. Has anyone built Little Big Planet in Minecraft? Little Big Minecraft. Yeah. Little Big Planecraft. Little Big Minecraft. Can you build like a ropier physics system using those uh chargeable blocks and such? Can you make the game feel really bad? Yeah. <laughs> using some of that. <laughs> yeah, that that is what I'm asking. Can you make the game feel a lot worse than it feels? Using your yeah. ingenuity. I'm sure you could. 
Minecraft feels pretty good for what it's worth. Yeah, I agree. Everything's like really fast. I like that. You just click a button and something happens. Mm-hmm. It's like pop, 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 and you're just yeah. kind of screaming at yourself and going, heck yeah, and pumping your fist. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know how to answer this, because uh, like Tim, I kind of started unfollowing video game people. It's been great. I have no idea what's going on anymore. Um, so who do you still follow? I don't know, my friends. I have friends. Most of them are video game people, but they don't talk about video games necessarily. That's the point. Um, so it's like I, I feel kinda, like I don't even look at I don't even like look at Kotaku anymore. Yeah, I don't either. Um, it's like I don't. Even I did. For, I did website. for a while. Like like after I stopped being an editor officially, you know, job wise, I was still kind of an editor unofficially in that I couldn't stop like looking at websites and and making a mental inventory of everything they did wrong and often. Uh, Messaging people about why their headlines are terrible and stuff, but like, right. it's been a long time since I had that, and uh, yeah, video game websites just kind of don't exist for me anymore. Man, so, I guess the I, I with video game news that it's so irritating. What was what? the question? What's the problem with video game news that it's just across the board so unbearable, considering it's. Well, the world you live in. Oh, this is this is its own question. I'll let Tim go first. I was going to say this is its own question, and it's and it has just like hours of incredibly boring answers. Yeah, well. and I mean we've 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 written about this twice. You know, in the Does it time. have minutes of kind of interesting answers? It's, I mean, mostly for me, it's just. Seeing people be like, oh, you know, there's a demo of this out now, or they yeah. announced the release date of this. It's like. Man, I don't care. And it was right around the time there was that Mass Effect 3 ending controversy. Oh, you boy. Know, where I was like, well, I've got to start unfollowing. Like, I really don't care about this. I actually went ahead, and I normally have this weird respect for media, you know. But I went ahead and spoiled the Mass Effect 3 ending for myself. I, I used to sit around and be like, I'm going to go ahead and just... Presume maybe someday I'll, you know, the urge will strike me. But I'd played enough Mass Effect One and Two to be like, this is trash. This is schlock. Uh, stuff that's good occurs to me as good years after it's out, not days. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, I play new Naughty Dog games, for example. But I mean, I, I, I don't need video game news. I have names I can trust, and uh, I have friends who make stuff and know what stuff is good. It's all anecdotal now, man. I don't need to look at news, but yeah, you go on. I I mean I do feel sort of, sort of, sort of sad whenever I think about Minecraft. I don't know what th- th- this is. Maybe another topic, but it's like I hear people mention Minecraft and use Minecraft in a conversation, just being like, you know, you know, this, this, you know, we're not trying to make Minecraft here or whatever. And it's like, man, Minecraft is really cool, you know. And when I I've only played it for like an hour of my life, and the whole time I was like, man, if I was 14 years old, this would be so awesome. Mm-hmm. And every time I see in passing some little snippet of some thing that somebody built in Minecraft, I'm like, oh man, that's so cool. I kind of wish I. It just makes me realize how old I am and how. If I you don't. were 14, what would you build in Minecraft? Probably huge penises. <laughs> <laughs> Skype. 
40 seconds. Super Size, Mario. Super Mario Brothers World 1-1. Yeah, obviously. I'd probably do a lot of, like, underground dungeon-y things. That's what I'd do. Wow. Dark Frank over here. Well, like, not... I mean, just... I, I don't know. I like environments. Like, like with my action figures, I used to make environments for them. Like, I would, I would glue uh, cardboard together and make, like, houses and stuff. So I probably do a lot of that. Michael Kerwin, we're talking about Minecraft over here. If you were 14 years old, what would you make in Minecraft? <sighs> Something boring, just like a house and some trees. Yeah, honestly, I would make probably a really cool house. Yeah, that's time. A that really would cool house. Yeah. Uh, Oculus Rift wants to make a billion-person MMORPG with Facebook. What do they mean by that? They mean Facebook. Hopefully it's about promoting your personal brand. <laughs> oh, God. And you get personal I mean, brand points for every... Uh, <laughs> uh, PVPs. For every post you make. They don't mean RPG at all. They mean virtual world. When they say that. I mean, that's just shorthand for virtual world. They want to make... They're going to gamify it somehow, aren't they? Well, maybe. Right. I mean, but I mean, they're just going to do, like, you know... They're gonna do Second Life, or you know, they're gonna they're gonna try to uh, uh, sort of bring out the the fake what was it called Oasis from Ready Player One. You know, they're just gonna try to make like a virtual world that people hang out in. Is is my guess. I don't think there's gonna be an RPG element to it because that's just well, I don't know. I was gonna say that like a billion people aren't gonna play an RPG, but if you make it stupid enough, maybe they would. How many people use Facebook? I don't know, uh, about a billion? Yeah, like one in ten people use Facebook, so almost a billion. So Facebook's going to market this uh, this Choculus Drift, which is my racing game for the Oculus Rift where you're drifting over chocolate. Nice. They're going to make this game, This they're just going to make a, vir- a VR interface for Facebook. VR interface book is what they're going to call it. They could call it interface book. I don't think they will, Tim, but one can dream. No, it's confirmed. They're calling it Interfacebook. Calling it inter- yeah, yeah, Kerwin it has, has the inside track. Yeah. So, man, you're just basically going to make your own... I mean, yeah, God, it's... They can gamify it. They can uh, sailify it. There was an old Korean website. I'm now starting to think seriously about it, so I'm not talking and full sentences. There was an old Korean website, SciWorld. I guess the SciWorld is still around. They were a social network before social networks were cool. And it was a, a uh, MMO style, kind of Ultima Online style game where you have your little house, your Animal Crossing house, you know, where you buy presents for your friends, you earn social currency by uh, recommending books and magazines and records to people. And uh, you use the currency to buy stuff or you swipe your credit card and buy stuff and they had systems where you like give people gifts like to put in their house, but only if you had enough of this money that you can there's like money you can only spend on things that you can give other people that are then non transferable from that person. All these little rules built in. Facebook has a whole lot of smart people who went to a lot of, you know, really expensive colleges sitting around and uh, basically they're gonna probably just do Cyworld World with VR or and they're gonna Animal Crossing it up a little bit and it's it's gonna be really, really mainstream, and it will make billions and billions of dollars. And yeah, sure, a billion people will use it, but only if they can sell a billion of those head TVs. Okay, but but um, 
what? Okay, I, I can see a future where there is an online Animal Crossing game that just everybody participates in in some way, but I'm not seeing the VR part or why. The skeleton of it's there, man. PlayStation Home. Think of PlayStation Home. PlayStation well, Home. Well, right, but but my point is there hasn't even been like an attempt yet at doing it without VR. So why would they jump all the way into the VR version? Of that? I mean, I think what they're gonna do is they're gonna make PlayStation Home with a triumph of user interface because PlayStation Home had no user interface at all. It's horrible and clunky. I mean, it's by by and large a terrible software product that's still... How many people do you think... You say it makes a lot of money. You're serious, right? It, yeah, yeah. it actually does make a ton of money. It's like, basically Habbo Hotel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like PlayStation Home makes a bunch of money from a admittedly small but ultra-devout user base, and that's the sort of person who would be an early adopter to Interfacebook. And I'm pretty sure they would also have a... Uh, a, like a web browser component of it. They, they'd be idiotic oh, not yeah. to. Yeah, because if you have to buy in by buying some weird space helmet, yeah, yeah, you're already no, on that's, Facebook, it's not going to... Yeah, Facebook will, will unroll into Facebook, and then they'll be and like... And then the helmet will be like the ideal version of it. Like if you right, re- really on. like Interfacebook, you need this helmet. Yeah, then you can just go over and hang out at your friend's uh, Facebook yeah. home. Will they call the uh, moderators who uh, kind of control and police uh, this uh, interface book uh, VR yep. troopers? They will call them the interface booklians. Is what they will call them. I, I just made a really deep cut like, reference to like uh, to, to a Power Rangers ripoff. I'm sorry. That yeah, we, I, I, think, I, think, I think we got it. We were just ignoring it. All right. Power Rangers rule. Yeah. Th- thank, thanks for ignoring me, Frank. You make me feel yeah, really special. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. I'm about to sneeze, everybody, so don't scream. Get ready. Ah! 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 seconds remain. But I think that's it. 40 that's, seconds remain? I think that's a signal to move on. Would you, would you? No, we can keep talking. Kerwin. Well, I had never even heard of would, this Facebook. Would you use this Facebook uh, VR MMO? No, of course I wouldn't. That's that didn't take forty seconds. I would, I would, I would if I can share photos. I would use it. Probably share photos and videos. Three D VR yeah. photos. The original plan for PlayStation Home was you like click on your TV and then you like choose a video from YouTube that will just be like looping on your TV. So there's all sorts of little stuff. There's just Santa Claus sacks full of ideas for stuff you can do with this. Mm-hmm. All right, that's time. Facebook has the money to do it. That is time. Uh, moving on, which which failed gaming peripherals do you wish found a larger audience? The Sega VR headset and the Virtual Boy, because that way we would have more things for Facebook to steal for Interfacebook. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> There's also the uh, the Vectrex 3D glasses that did come out. So did the Master System ones. So did the Famicom ones, actually. So, so yeah. I guess they're gonna make. Uh, 3D, uh, like, Alex Kidd games for Facebook, you me and Me and Brent Porter both, we, we love that Virtual Boy, the V-Boy, you know? That thing's just liquid hotness. Did you guys ever play the Space Invaders that's on it? It's straight beautiful, yeah. Yeah, it's so good. It's my favorite Space Invaders. There's just cool stuff going on. Well, I like uh, Space Invaders Extreme uh, for the Nintendo DS, but I, I like the Virtual Boy one as well. 
But yeah, I would have loved to have some Virtual Boy RPGs. I would have made one called Red World. That was good. I'm not even kidding. That was like my name. I wanted a one called Red World that was set on Mars. And uh, it was like kind of a John Carter-ish story. I had that in my head when I was a kid with the Virtual Boy. Mm-hmm. Couldn't secure a publishing deal? Yeah. You, you, know what, you know what would have really succeeded on uh, Virtual Boy? You mean succeeded? Yes, that's exactly what I meant. The uh, Red Dead Redemption franchise. <laughs> Ooh! I've, I've got two joke answers. I'm just going to get out of the way so we can get back to business here. One is the uh, the thumb nub that came with the original DS. Yes. Like I, oh, I think they really could have done something good with that. And then the other is the uh, the knitting machine accessory that they had planned for the Nintendo that never came out. And yes, that's a real thing. Yeah, I remember that. Well, so those are my joke answers, everybody. Thank you. Thank okay. you for allowing me to get those out of my I mind. love the thumb nub. I love the thumb nub. I kind of just wish there were more light gun games. I thub the thumb nub. There was just like a standard light gun for some system, and there were a whole bunch of... Yeah. yeah. So that's actually uh, a really good point, because I think one of the best, smartest action games ever made, and it is by Intelligent Systems, so of course it's smart, it's very uh, is Mortal Kombat Falcon's Revenge, which it re- requires the Super Scope. And Super Scope was cool, man. Like, the Mortal Kombat Falcon's Revenge was god darn fantastic. It's a super cinematic, uh, a super deep action game. Like, with just this amazing atmosphere, and just everything about it was just beautiful. And it's like, why haven't light guns taken off more? And then we we roll right into this. You know what peripheral I wish would have uh, taken off more was uh, the Nintendo Wiimote. I was actually about to say that. Like, 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 like a legit. That I'm, I legit mean that. You probably do too. Yeah, I mean it. I mean it as well. I, I mean yeah. it for real. Because like Metal Combat Falcon's Revenge was pretty cool, and uh, the Nintendo Wiimote is a light gun in your hand. Yeah. Right. It's just a kind one. Of, it doesn't. It doesn't map exactly. It doesn't. No, it's, it's based on motion. Sort of a mouse cursor. But I feel like that makes it slightly more fascinating than yeah. a light gun because it feels like you're interacting with physically interacting with something in the TV. So I really would have liked to see some more cool stuff done with that. The Wii Motion Plus. Yeah. Playing Wii Sports Resort and all of those little mini games that are in there are just like differently nuanced. The fencing game. I wanted a Zelda game that really used that fencing style, but they kind of neutered it. Wow, you ought to play Nintendo Land. Oh, I have. I have played Nintendo Land. Uh, I have Nintendo Land up there. It's unopened, but I I haven't (laughs) played it. Uh, I mean, I played it at my friend's house like when it came out. Also, Christian Nutt brought it over. I kind of feel like I've said this on the show before, but I thought that people would release all kinds of weird accessories given that the guts that you need for a wireless controller is just in that Wii remote. So I kind of thought people would just have... Like, there were some weird ones. Like, there was there, in Japan, there was, like, the train simulation one with the levers, and there was, like, the, the rock band guitar that you just slotted the, the controller in. But I just kind of expected games to come with these junky plastic things that you just slotted the Wii remote into that were could be manufactured for, like, five bucks. But no one ever did that. Right. It's 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 a weird missed opportunity. Yeah. Missed opportunity. You know what I think was a missed opportunity? Uh, the fact that Nintendo Land never created their own mascot 
who I would have called Nintendoland Roland. <laughs> uh, I've been told by several people that in uh, the city of Montreal, they refer to McDonald's as McDolan's. And I think I've mentioned this on, on the show before. They jokingly refer to it as that. Isn't that just the cutest thing in the world? Yeah. Like a pail full of kittens, isn't it? <laughs> uh, uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, I have some friends in Upper State New York who pronounce it that way. They do? Yeah. That's a joke? Uh, that's just how they pronounce uh, it. In New York, it's very sincere. But in Montreal, it's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> McDolan's. Yeah, uh, up near up near Ithaca, that's how they say it. Not See, nearly as cute. The biggest missed all. opportunity is that Nintendo Land isn't pronounced Nintendoland. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Nintendoland Roland. Um, <laughs> that's our topic. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to custom soundtrack. This is a uh, this is a segment where I give you the name of a video game, and we strip out the music and replace oh, it with music from outside the periphery of video games. Man, Remember? you're gonna do this without Brandon here. Yeah, I'm gonna do it without Brandon. Brandon's good at. Yeah, yeah, this is a terrible idea. I don't know music at all. Yeah, maybe Michael Kerwin knows music. I've okay. never heard a song in my life. Yeah. <laughs> well, then this will be a challenge for all of us. Uh, anyway, the game that we're ripping the music out of and putting uh, music from outside the periphery of video games into. Oh, I have, I have a good, I have a good suggestion. If you guys can't think of real music, uh, try and think of individual tracks from other games to put into the. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fair enough. Anyway, our our game this week is Candy Crush Saga. Whoa, that's like real easy because it's just like, what music do you want to hear? Right. Right. Yeah. Well, if it's so easy, what's the answer? <laughs> I mean, oh, you're cutting out real bad. Yeah, you're cutting out here. I guess it's up to me. Yeah, Frank, go for it. <laughs> um, gosh, I don't know. Like, like you want sugary sweet things? Um, I immediately go to the Archies, but I don't want to hear the Archies ever. With uh, sugar, sugar. Uh, yeah, that's kind honey. of a that's kind of a no-brainer. Yeah. Um, uh, no, I, I kind of yeah. went to Mega Man music, and I don't know why. Uh, uh, because it's uh, bright and colorful. And yeah, I think I think that that might be why. Like, like I want rhythmic Mega Man music. I want like, not the Bubble Man song. Like, the uh, the, the, who's the lava guy in Mega Man too? Like Fireman, I guess. No, that's there's a Fireman. There's a Heat Man. There's Heat a Man. Flame I think man. the guy, the guy yeah. who's a Zippo lighter, but he's a yeah, robot. That's Heat Man. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that's that guy. Man, um, I can't believe. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry to put you on the spot here, Frank. I don't know what happened to Tim. And, uh, oh God! Oh um, God! This, uh, uh, bubblegum pop. Is uh, the, 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 the the meow mix TV commercial song. Yeah, that'd be uh, good. That that um, would be good. Let's see. The uh, oh, okay. Tim's actually gone. So uh, let's see. Should we wait and see if he comes back? His internet might be down. Maybe. You know what? Let's take a short break. Okay. Uh, yeah.
I'm sorry we uh, experienced some brief technical difficulties. Uh, we're just going to move on to the next question because uh, the, the podcast itself cried out in despair because Brandon wasn't here to participate. Uh, we'll see what we can do about that in the future. I mean, our firing of him burned some, uh, burned some pretty serious bridges, but uh, I don't know. Anything's possible. We'll get him back somehow. Here, someday. Uh, when the stars are aligned. Uh, here is our next topic. Uh, Marvel is on the market for the right game developer for their Avengers franchise. They say they don't want to make an Avengers game until they find the right guy for it. Oh, God. If your game company had a shot, what would your proposal be? Ooh. Puzzle game, probably. I mean... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what we do. <laughs> um, yeah. Let me think about this. I mean, it wouldn't be like a AAA action game because that's too obvious and uh, not something that I feel comfortable uh, doing at our studio right now. Um, I mean, I know Other Ocean at one point uh, developed a uh, helped uh, port uh, Symphony of the Night to uh, Xbox right? Live. Correct. Uh, maybe some kind of Metroidvania type game. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we could do those pretty easy. We got a good engine for that, but is that what you want for the Avengers? Okay, so all right, let, let's break down the event. Oh, you want that for everything, Jeffy? Okay, let's, <laughs> let's, let's break down the Avengers, right? So, what, what's the appeal of the Avengers? It's it's the differing personalities. Yeah, and it's uh, guys hitting stuff real hard, and, and they don't take uh, themselves too seriously, right? And 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 there's the the classic sort of infighting before uh, realizing that they should team up against their common enemy, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so yeah, uh, sort of partying the whole time, though. What's that? Oh, they're partying no matter what, even when they're fighting, they're having a great time. Oh, Mario Party Club, there we Al go. Manga and all that. And I don't think Mario Party is the way to go with the Avengers. Um, Tony Stark Party. Tony Stark party. <laughs> Tony Stark party like a Tony Stark party. No Stark. I mean, Tony Park started. <laughs> Let's get I'm, this Tony Stark party started. Okay, so you know, Me Metroidvania is not a bad idea. The more I think about it, um, especially if you're sort of switching roles. Yeah. So it's like, it's like a Metroidvania, but no, the adventures aren't about like exploring. They're about, like, going to the source and hitting stuff, right? Yeah, that's true. Um, so it's, like, there's not teamwork where it's, like, Captain America's in one room and, and uh, uh, I don't know, Ant-Man's in another, right? That doesn't really work. Although, I do want one... So okay, let's go... Let's, let's, let's kind of define moments and see if there's a game here. I want a section where Ant-Man has to go inside Captain America's body and kill his cancer. Oh, that's good. Or not a cancer, like a yeah. space virus. Yeah. More likely, right? So there's a segment there. What else do we want in this game? Um, I, I don't know. Something where you have to calm down Hulk, or you can't fight him, but you have to soothe him to beat him. Okay. Well, so, missiles until he uh, chills. Yeah, I mean, you have to have sections where yeah. the Avengers fight each other. Right. Yeah, you got to get Hulk to take chill pills. So you got to get uh, you got to go to to the Fantastic Four headquarters. Right. And get and get Matt, Mr. Fantastic to invent chill pills. Right. This game sounds really great. Yeah, <laughs> I'd play it. 
No. So my idea is it's just dialogue trees the whole time. Yeah. Trying to get him to invent a Please, you got to invent these chill pills because Hulk is out there. <laughs> I don't know. I'm working on the ultimate nullifier, so uh, I'm a little busy. And then you got to you got to convince him that if if the Hulk chills down, that that the invisible woman will stop cheating on him. <laughs> Who's invisible woman oh. cheating on Mr. Fantastic with? The Hulk, when he's in Hulk mode, obviously. Oh. Well, the, yeah. that's your problem solved right there. That would convince him. That's how you solve that dialogue tree, yeah. So my idea would be, uh, it's like a game that's got a big open world, and there's uh, this Avengers portal, and you buy these toys. And put them on. <laughs> okay. I've followed you so far. And uh, then there's just some level design, and you just kind of mash a bunch of buttons. And can can we put a bunch of uh, cartoon characters in here, like from the hit property Cars? Maybe Bugs some Bunny. voice by Larry the Cable Guy. Bugs Bunny as well. Uh, uh, that could be difficult. Daisy Duck. <laughs> More doable. So it sounds like the answer is that it would have to just be a big dumb... Triple A action game. No, it can't be because it's our studio. Like, just keep getting more insane. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to staff up for a triple A game. I doubt Action Button is either. What about like a Super Smashy type game? Yeah, an Avengers uh, fighting game that's just the Avengers. Uh, yeah. And it's like Avengers Gymnasium or whatever, and you're yeah. in their gym training uh, by fighting each other. That could be fun. Great title too. Avengers Gymnasium. Avengasium. Yeah. <laughs> Avengymnasium. The I Avengers mean, recently, recently there was a big Avengers versus X-Men storyline in Marvel Comics, and that could basically be that. Yeah, but we're talking about Marvel Movie Studios, right? They want yeah. Make a, they want to make a movie. Yeah, they want it to be the movie yeah. property. So it would be based in the movie characters, yeah, I guess so. What I if, mean, what if uh, we make, did it? Mortal Kombat style and actually like motion captured the guys to play them. You can do that. Just motion capture Tony Stark. Yeah, you got uh, 23 seconds left. Get Robert Downey Jr. to say there's no party like a Tony Stark party. I think a uh, the the true answer is a uh, uh, Lost Vikings like Metroidvania. I hate that word Metroidvania. Where yeah. the characters you can switch between them and they're just in different parts of the level and it's a mental hospital. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the Avengers version of Arkham Asylum. Because the only way to make a successful superhero game is to have the name of a mental hospital in it. <laughs> and, and I like the idea. I just don't think it's the Avengers for them to split up and communicate yeah. necessarily. But okay. The name of the game is The Avengers Chill on Freak Island. Is we nice. we got to stop here, but I want to quickly plug that uh, Lost Vikings is free on Battle.net right now. So it sure is. Yeah. So is Rock and Roll Racing. Yeah. Not so it's Blackthorn, but that one has been. Yeah, hey, guys. been free for a while. What? What's the fastest video game ever made? The fastest video game ever made? Yeah. Platform Masters. Platform Masters has no speed limits, uh, no height yeah. limits. Buddha Lily is Platform Masters. Is That's that. actually the answer, yeah. He's trying as hard as he can to make the fastest game ever made. It runs well, at like 240. It, it, will be, it will be the fastest game ever made once it's released, but uh, it's not yet. Well, Sonic is the fastest thing alive. Right, but that's, that's the real one, not the one in the game. I think, I think the nomenclature is around, not alive. No, that's not true. It's the fastest game ever made. 
He's All alive. Right. Okay. All right. I, I remember the song, okay? The song said fastest thing alive. The right. fastest thing alive. He's the fastest thing alive. It sounded like a, like a detergent commercial. Sonic. I see Johnson, a family company. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, Super Hexagon's pretty fast at the higher levels. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, FTL, faster than light. You can't get much faster than that. True. Uh, oh, F-Zero uh, feels pretty fast. Like the GameCube one, whatever that one was. Probably not the fastest game. I guess they froze did we, again. Did, did we lose, lose Tim and... Uh, yeah, we lost Tim. Hype. Oh. Here they are. What? Whoa. Tim, you're lagging like crazy. Cool. I think we should keep that part in. That was neat. Yeah, that was that is so it's FTL. Uh, good. Yeah. Okay. You got sure. some of that. Yeah. <laughs> this is pretty good. I'm enjoying this part of the show. I think this is going to be a new fan favorite segment. Comcast Business Internet, everybody. That is Tim's... Uh... This thing is still frozen, son. This is what happens when you become a uh, video game developer out of your own house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Game, uh, well, my house is down commercial, okay? Yes. So, uh, it's... Yeah, Comcast's Business Internet. On my MacBook Pro, I was getting like one megabyte down yesterday, which is insane. So after I said FTL, we lost pretty much everything. What did you guys discuss? Well, I was saying Hyperlight Drifter because it's oh. magnitudes faster than light. Sure. But well, faster than light doesn't imply a ceiling on how much faster. True. I mean, you could interpret Dyad as the fastest game. It's pretty fast. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of what games are actually really fast. So there's a speed run of a game called Kingsfield from New World Computing. This is the Sega Genesis version of Kingsfield. Have you guys seen the speed run? No. Okay, so the the story is that the king has has lost a something something, right? I don't really remember what the MacGuffin of the game is, but you're tasked to go find it. And this usually involves going around and fighting dudes and exploring places and doing all kinds of stuff for uh, weeks and weeks. It's a long game, apparently. But the uh, placement of the MacGuffin is randomly generated at the beginning of the game. So there is a tool-assisted speedrun where they it manipulate luck. Yeah, so it manipulates the MacGuffin right where you're standing. So the king sends you on your way, you walk outside the castle, and it's just there. So, oh, uh, man. So the, I believe it's the, 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 uh, the, the time starting from when you're actually able to play the game is uh, less than a second until he beats it. So, in a way, that might be the fastest video game. That's also true of the video game adaptation of Clue, where you can guess who the killer is right from the beginning, and there's a one in whatever chance that you'll be right. But that probably takes, like, five seconds? Uh, no, it's... I think it's a lot less if you uh, just put... if you just mash a certain sequence in. Okay. Nice. Alrighty. What? Yeah. Fast games. Uh, not by uh, breaking, but by design. So, I mean, in terms of speed of a character that moves, I think F-Zero GX 
is mm-hmm. really fast. F-Zero X is really fast. And they feel really fast. But the game that, to me, had the, the deepest, truest sensation of speed that sticks out in my memory is Rage Racer or Ridge Racer 3 for uh, the PlayStation. The speed felt really hard and really real in that game because the tracks had a lot of curves and bends and dips, and it just... Uh, the cars were just cartoonishly fast, and uh, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's not really something you find in all racing games. In fact, a certain series of racing games come to mind which uh, has a serious need for speed. It need, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Burnout. Which implies, of course, that it's lacking speed. Yeah, are you talking about burnout? Oh, yeah, I'm talking about burnout. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that the developer of Burnout uh, is actually making the Need for Speed games now? Oh, no way. They made Need for Speed The Run. 25 seconds. Or not The Run, uh, Need hot for Speed, pursuit. Hot Pursuit. And then what was, what was the current one? Need for Speed Rivals? Did they make that one? I don't know. Hot Pursuit might be in the category for the hottest game ever made, but that's a different thing. That's a discussion for another one. It was really called Need for Speed The Runs? No, Need for Speed The Run was the previous one. Yeah, need to peed. Okay, uh, our next topic: uh, Left 4 Dead is coming to arcades in Japan. What yeah, other game? Yeah. So, uh, alongside Left 4 Dead, what other games not initially designed for arcades would make a great arcade transition? Katamari Damacy. That's a joke. There's a Half Life 2 Japanese arcade game. Sure. Right. I can see Katamari Damacy yeah. happening with like a trackball. Yep, two trackballs. Yeah. No, yeah, just one trackball. It's one trackball. Big ass Katamari Damacy. Right. Yeah, let's do it. Well, Video Ball wasn't designed for arcades, but heck darn if I'm not going to try to make an arcade version of it somehow. What do you think? Nice, sweet cabinet made out of like some good fine wood. Make a good cabinet out of oak. You know, like a nice flat screen in there. And then have a little screen on top. That is well, on it, it's funny you should mention that because I'm putting yeah. together this arcade slash museum. No, no, I'm not really doing that this week. Oh man, I want the arcade museum. I, I'm not doing that this week, guys. Uh, you know, a, a, a tournament yeah. level, uh, a tournament level needle dog would be a pretty good uh, needle dog. Yeah, needle dog's good. I was gonna say Super Mario Kart, but there's an arcade version of that. How there about is. how about Quop? But it's uh, I mean, uh, how about Gurp? But it's just a an actual rock climbing wall, and your legs are bound together. Yeah, that'd be kind of a weird arcade, but I'd hang out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd go crazy hanging out there. I just watch people, and I'd be like, "Oh God, <laughs> oh no." Hmm, I'm thinking this is a good question. It is. What about something like Diablo, where you just start with a certain, I don't know, set of stats, and you have to very quickly go through the entire Diablo playthrough? Uh, I work for Gauntlet. Yeah, right. But with more numbers. Right. Who doesn't also, like numbers? I mean, you could also have, like, an app or something that saves your stats. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, they pioneered that in Japan in the early 2000s with the card that keeps yeah. your save data on it. Just a little tiny magnetic strip card. I use that for a derby stallion club or whatever it was called. Oh, yeah, DSC. 
Yeah. I mean, is that the name of it? Uh, I'm not sure if this is the fourth topic that I'm bringing this up for, but Super Smash Brothers is kind of a no-brainer. Yeah, they could put that in an arcade. Yeah. They'd probably get Namco to do it. More like Scamco. Whoa! Ooh, harsh. Kim brings the thunder. Yeah, bam. There's probably a lot of mobile games that would transition well. I wonder why nobody's ever made that Scamco connection before. It feels like it was sitting right there. Yeah, huh? (laughs) I mean, I, I I might just... You know, my brain might be cloudy because I'm working on one of these, but I feel like some of these endless runner games on phones would transition pretty well to arcades. Mm-hmm. Cannibal to arcade, yeah. Yeah, Cannibal to arcade, or, or like, I'm, I really like this Despicable Me runner. It's called Minion Rush. It's a really good one. A few um, months ago, I was in a Dave and & Buster's, and I saw an Infinity Blade arcade machine, and it was the most maniacal thing. Just people swiping at the screen with their hands like bear claws to simulate a sword being swung. Yeah, they did. There's one company that that does those. They also did uh, Fruit Ninja, I think, and maybe one other. I think I was, oh yeah, there's yeah, the Fruit Ninja arcade. Yeah, I think it's the same guys. Anyway, um, yeah, that, like uh, you know, Candy Crush would be fine in an arcaded setting. Um, Candy Crush arcade. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Only if when you win it dispens when you beat a level it dispenses actual candy. It just drops good and plenty. So or actual. Yeah, good and there's plenty. like there's like a little little chrome butthole on it that just drops good and plenty. <laughs> and in fact, forget the game. It's just a vending machine. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> just a plenty dropper. They can what do you know? Candy Crush Saga is already in arcades across the world. Stomp <laughs> on it. You stomp on the candy, and there's, like, connects pointed at it. It's like, go, crush the candy, crush it. And you're just stomping on good and plenties. Cruel, <laughs> cruel set of webcam. It's like that spider stomp game that's in every arcade, but with good and plenties. Yeah, but with real candy. And the yeah, just cold and candy tell. no one wants to eat. The Connects 2.0 can tell if the candy is crushed enough. <laughs> yeah. You can see that much. And you can tell if your heart's beating fast enough. Let me see your shoes. Crash, crushed uh, candy. Uh, what do you guys think of uh, Bubble Witch Saga as an arcade game? Like a game where you shoot uh, multicolored bubbles up at, at the other then, bubbles and try to match them? And then spiders fall down on you? Yeah. And yeah, definitely spiders, yeah. <laughs> See, that was a joke because uh, Bubble Witch Saga ripped off an arcade game. Yeah, I was in uh, I was in an arcade in uh, Los Angeles last year, and I took a picture of, of Puzzle Bobble, and uh, I uploaded it to Twitter, and I was like, "Man, these Japanese arcade games are ripping off Bubble Witch Saga." <laughs> and I got like zero retweets. Oh well, man, I didn't see me, that one. Okay, in the last uh, twenty seconds of this topic. Uh, which games would make the best transition to casinos? Oh. Hmm. Well, they can't have any skill. Yeah. Well, they can't have skill. There needs to be an element of chance to it. An element of chance. So, hmm. Definitely not video ball is what I'm all saying. All right. Not video ball. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for that topic. Here we go. Uh, I'm bringing back an old topic that... Uh, a, an old feature that we did like a year ago, maybe more, 
and we had a lot of fun doing it, and uh, for some reason it just kind of fell off the roster, but here I am resurrecting it. Uh, it was called Describe to Your Mom, where <laughs> I would name a game, and you would have to describe, and you would have to uh, explain the game as if you were trying to get your mom to understand. Trying to convince our mom to play this game. Yes, the game. Oh, we have to convince her to play it, or just describe what it is. Uh, you you got to get her interested. You got to get her on board. You got to get uh, extra credit if you can convince her to play. Yeah. It. Okay. Uh, the game this week is Takeshi's Challenge. Oh God. Oh, I don't really know enough about this game. Okay. Um, it's a game people talk about a lot. But yeah, nobody really knows anything about it. I, I so it's it once. So it's a, so first, mom, you got to know that this is this is a joke game. Like this is this is a game. Okay, it's like a comedian was tasked to make a video game, and and he probably didn't like him very much. Uh, so he made a game that's intentionally sort of making fun of games and for you for playing a video game. So. Uh, you kind of go around and do weird Japanese like salaryman stuff, I think. And uh, there's a part where you got to sing a karaoke song. And that's kind of weird, right, Mom? Huh? Yeah. yeah. And uh, I, I I don't know. I think it could be cool, even though I haven't played it. I think it could be cool because it's it's like you know someone who doesn't make games making a game, and that's that's good sometimes. Probably, Mom. I wouldn't go to an art gallery to watch people who aren't artists make art. That doesn't sound anything like my mom, like yeah. at all. So <laughs> I wouldn't go yeah. to a Frank's mom. This is what Frank's mom sounds like. I wouldn't go to an art gallery <laughs> for any reason. All right, Tim, you have have you played this? Yeah, I've played it a bit. Okay. I couldn't really say too much to make anybody want to play it. Yeah, you could make me want to play it. You know, like, like stupid I, silly game that's got a bunch of Dumbo stuff in it, and it's got bad action and it's sloppy. So I guess I could tell my mom that it's I could lie to her, say it's a reality TV show you play with a Nintendo controller. <laughs> but uh, I could say, hey, this is a game made by a guy who hates stuff. And uh, I mean, wow, yeah, uh, Takeshi Kitano beat Takeshi is. Uh, is a renowned homophobe and racist. So there you go. You've already got plenty of common ground. An old 60-something uh, homophobic racist made a video game 20 years ago, and uh, it's just full of hate. Uh, all right, let's 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 turn the slander up to 11. Who's the most homophobic person in video games right now? Beat Takashi, because he made that game that people still talk about. <laughs> all right. He said, uh, so, "Yeah, what?" So I guess uh, I guess we're kind of abandoning ship on this one. I don't think Mom's gonna play Takeshi's. It's that you picked like the, one of the hardest games to get anybody. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I could talk about it as conceptual art or whatever to somebody, but my but mom. A, yeah, I didn't. I didn't mean for this to be convince your mom to play it. Uh, for example, the last time we uh, we uh, visited this topic. Uh, we discussed hyperdimension Neptunia, where we were basically just yeah. explaining to her what is up with this. Well, let's what keep telling it? her what's up with this game. Yeah, I mean, we sort of did. Oh, yeah. it's, a, it's it's dumb. Lots of games, you know, you you play and you get through them, and then this one you have to sing a karaoke song for three hours into the microphone on your controller. 
I think there's a part where where you're flying and you can't press up or something. And then you have a boss that you have to hit ten. The final boss you have to hit ten thousand times or something like that. I think I, th- I think Tim Rogers made that up, and then Wikipedia cited him, but it wasn't actually true. I, I think I think he's confusing uh, Takeshi's challenge and Ziggurat. <laughs> I love that people think you have to hit the final boss ten thousand times, but you do have to hit him like a thousand times, something like that. It's a lot of times. There's a uh, Takeshi's Castle game also for the Famicom, um, which is the uh, show that was localized here eventually as Most Extreme Elimination Challenge. Yeah. On Spike TV, I think it was. Extreme Elimination Challenge. So anyway, Mom, (laughs) the guy who created the show that they localized here is Most Extreme Elimination Challenge. I mean... That was a bad yeah. game. You know so. how you love the Spike TV network, right, Mom? Yeah. Actually, like, it's not a stretch to call Beat Takeshi one of the creators of reality TV, like one of the founding fathers of the idea of reality TV. So there's there you go. a book there. If you want to know, if, if you want to see the early works of a pioneer... Yeah. Of reality TV. This is basically the Real Housewives of Atlanta, the video game. Yeah. T R H W O A T V G. My mom watches that show. I think my mom watches all the shows. I'm not sure. Your mom and my mom could probably talk a lot about the show that's on right after the Real Housewives, where they talk about what just happened on the Real Housewives. Do they also hate talking? They also like talking about uh, uh, how much you hate rich people. Oh, oh no! My parents love rich people. Oh, they do. Yeah. Oh, my mom just likes talking about hating rich people. What's the deal with? Why do they all have so much money? <laughs> I hate those joiks. That's about oh it. no no no! This, this this was a Mitt Romney family. Oh really? I didn't know yeah. that. That's amazing. Yeah, my parents voted Romney. How are how are they taking it? Are they still? Uh... <sighs> Not well. Not well, Tim. Did they watch the Netflix documentary Mitt? Uh, certainly not. I actually well, it just came out. It's it's not uh, what do you call it? It's a neutral documentary. I haven't watched it. It's in my list. It's like forty five minutes long. I keep and thinking. that's Takeshi's challenge. Uh, here's our final round for the night, or whenever you're listening to this thing. Uh, I had the time of my life two weeks ago when I introduced Team Battle for the first time, where I had each team of you. Team Battle design a team of three characters and we had them uh, from a video game and we had them fight each other and determine who would win. Uh, The hook was that they all had to be characters who were playable and none of them could be invincible. This time, I went to the listeners and I picked a whole bunch of teams and I'm calling this the Team Battle Gauntlet. So I'm going to introduce two teams and you're going to tell me who would win between them the winner goes on to fight the next team, and uh, so on and so on until we're until only one team remains. And you're right. going to paste these in chat so we can refer to them, right? Yes, we will be doing that. Our first, our uh, first match tonight is uh, the hero from Dragon Quest VIII, the Tulip protagonist, and the Gradius ship versus Gradius Five ship. The Gradius Five ship versus a Koopa Troopa. Soul Calibur's Nightmare and Arkanoid's Vals. Or Vals. Vals. I know what a Koopa Troopa is and Vals. Uh, 
I don't know anything about Dragon Quest VIII's hero, so can you kind of fill us in on that? Dragon thing? Quest VIII's hero, eventually, when he gets the legendary armor, he's the son of a... He's a, a dragon. I don't want to spoil it, but he's like a dragon prince. He's like legendary dragon prince, and he becomes this uh, super cool uh, Akira Toriyama-looking knight character if you get all the special armor. So he's really tough, and he has legendary powers. Can he uh, conceivably just grind and grind until he's impossibly strong? Yeah, he can just keep getting stronger the more stuff he kills. It, it seems like he's the other team's equivalent to Soul Calibur's Nightmare. Would he be able to beat him? Well, he would Soul Calibur's Nightmare? Oh, and the uh, Night- Nightmare is the character on the box art with the really big sword with the eye. He's kind of like a dark. Uh, he's kind of like a, a shadow guy in a tough-looking Germanic armor. Yeah, I'm a little sad that someone calls it the Gradius Five ship and not the Vic Viper Starship. But uh, the Gradius Five ship actually, and this is a spoiler as well, is is there it time travels at one point. Oh boy! So like you time travel during one stage, and then because there's one part of one stage where you see a second ship that looks like your ship, and uh, that's actually you at the end of one of the later stages time traveling back to help yourself That's but uh so the greatest five ship can time travel can uh, the, no uh, can. I have a question can Arkanoids uh, Vaus uh, can it be hurt by anything except a ball getting past it um well it can only well it can't shoot it can only reflect a solid right. ball it, it would just take one hit from the Vic Viper and die. And the Tulip protagonist is really smart. So I assume he's like riding shotgun in the Gradius 5 ship. Well, so does, the a, does a bullet actually defeat the Vows, though? Like, or, or... Well, the bullet can back. No, I don't yeah. think it can. Re- I think it can only reflect a solid object. I think it can only reflect the ball. I've never seen it get hurt by anything except a ball going past it. Oh, there's. It can get hurt by stuff. Can it? Like what? It, it, well, Frank, if it can't, then it's by default disqualified and the other team moves on, because I stipulated that they all have to be non-invincible. Oh, so all you true. gotta do with the Arkanoid ship is shoot at it and not hit it. Yeah, so I be- either you can destroy it with a beam, or you just have to throw a ball past it. I yeah. theorize that if you shoot it from behind, it blows up. We, oh, we've, yeah, absolutely. We've got a lot of teams to get through, so I'm going to say that the Dragon Quest Eight hero, the Chula protagonist, and the Vic Viper pass on to the next round. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. The next round, go. Uh, the next team that we have to consider is uh, the Prince of Persia, uh, Mokujin from the Tekken series, and Luigi. Hmm. That's still Team Jack here. I yeah. Mean, uh, t- the the first team is Team Jack. Jack I thought we said we were going to talk about no vehicles. Like you don't have a vehicle as a a guy as a. As a uh, we we never ruled that out. I think I think it's kind of like we've got a freaking spaceship that can shoot giant lasers at stuff. Prince of Persia, we, he can stop time. I guess you can rewind it too, right? If we're talking old school Prince, yeah, he can rewind time. Like if we're talking old school Prince of Persia, the guy can just destroy everything. Like that guy can just die if he falls off a tiny ledge. <laughs> so, uh, Dragon Quest Eight hero can potentially have just so many hit points and uh, he gets hit by meteors and stuff and just gets back up alright so uh, team, team Jack uh, which Mokujin is, the... is just he's just a wooden yeah. dummy from the Tekken series yeah and, and 
then there's... I think the Tulip protagonist could beat Luigi in a fight. I think he could Easy. beat Luigi to death. Okay. Well, he then... fight anybody in the whole game, so... Then they, they remain our champions. The next team Luigi's is... Luigi's afraid of ghosts, for example. I mean, he come is. on. Uh, then our next team is Dig Dug, Terry Bogard, and Um Jammer Lammy. Oh, baby. Well... Uh, Still, none, none of the stuff can get defeated. I mean, none of the stuff can survive the Gradius ship. That's true. If Dig Dug managed, went underground. So wait, if Terry Bogard uh, uh, managed to just sort of power wave Dig Dug up on top of the uh, Gradius ship while it was flying by, Dig Dug could pump it up and destroy it. That I, I'm going to allow that. And Um Jammer Lammy is a, is a hot girl, and Tulip protagonist likes hot girls. So Lammy can resurrect from the dead, right? In the original yes. Japanese one, she goes, Yeah. Out. Yeah. So, well, but I'm saying. our new champions. I'm saying he's a hot girl, or she's a hot girl, and Tulip protagonist is a guy who likes hot girls, and she seems like his type, so he could she could lure him. Use her but that still leaves the Dragon Quest Eight hero, who I don't see getting beaten by any of these guys. Dragon Quest Eight hero, man, that would be him on Bogard. I yeah. reckon. I think Dig Dug could destroy the greatest ship if possible. Yeah. And uh, I feel like Tulip protagonist would die for sure in this fight. Definitely against Lammy, but yeah, because he wasn't really contributing much. No. And uh, I think a team-up of Dig Dug and Terry and Lammy, once uh, the Trula protagonist and the Gradius ship are out of the way, could probably take on the Dragon Quest Eight hero alone. Yeah. Because it's one on three. They have three yeah. more. And the, these aren't three scrubs. Yeah. I think that I'm pretty sure they would win. All right. So our next match is Dig Dug, Terry Bogard, and Um Jammer Lammy. Versus Mappy, Mickey Mouse, and Sonic the Hedgehog. Which Mickey Mouse? The Mickey Mouse from the Castle of Illusion. Okay. Oh, the Sea of I. Yes. Well, well, Sonic the Hedgehog's the fastest thing alive, and Dig Dug's goddamn slow as heck. Yeah. Goes uh, one down. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think Dig Dug's gonna get his uh, little air thing into Sonic. Mickey Mouse, you want to talk about the uh, the original? cute cartoon character versus Lammy who's sort of a postmodern Mickey Mouse-ishness. Uh, uh, I think Mickey Mouse could probably kill um, Jammer Lammy. Probably. And then it's Mappy versus Bogard. Is that the matchup? Yeah, I guess it is, yeah. Mappy I on Bogard. Bogard. I think Bogard beats Mappy. Yeah, I think Bogard would smack that little dumb mouse down. But could he beat Sonic after that? I doubt it. But Mappy is a cop, and Terry Bogart is pretty much a nice guy. Yeah. So he, he might would, respect the law. He wouldn't kill a cop. <laughs> no. Bogart would not kill a cop. All I right. Mean, Mappy, so, Mappy's got a badge and everything. So I guess Mappy, Mickey, and Sonic are our new champions. Uh, they go on to fight uh, Skate from Streets of Rage, Kid Chameleon, and Guitaru Man. Oh, Kid Chameleon's tough, because it's like, is that the same guy? I can't tell. He's got a helmet on. He's got a new helmet. Boy, yeah. Uh, so, uh, okay, Guitaru Man uh, versus Mickey, I think. Yeah? I think, well, they, they both like to grab things and make music out of them. Yeah. 
So they're probably going to have a music off. Like, Mickey Mouse is going to be playing pigs and stuff. Guitar Man is going to be playing guitar. So, Kid um, Kid Chameleon is a kid with an attitude and sunglasses. And that's exactly who Mappy excels in uh, smacking down, right? Yeah, yeah. Mappy's going to take him down for sure. He's going to arrest him. And then it's yeah. uh, Sega Attitude versus Sega Attitude again with Skate and Sonic the Hedgehog. So and nobody out to Sonic unless, of course, we're talking Shadow. Yeah. So Skate is definitely the best character in Streets of Rage 2. Mm-hmm. But, uh, uh, Sonic takes him. Sonic takes yeah, him. Sonic, so, would, Sonic would buzzsaw right through him. He'd come uh, the heck out of him. Uh, Matt, just... So Mappy, Mickey, and Sonic are still our victors. Uh, they go on to fight uh, Kazuma Kiryu, uh, Bub from Bubble Bobble. And the vigilante from Brood Adventure. Bub from Bubble Bobble would uh, Bubble Bobble could probably <laughs> take down Happy Mouse and Sonic by himself. I think so too. Yeah. Hot darn dinosaur, for God's sake. Yeah. Okay. Also, I don't really know the other two, so yeah. Okay, so th- it goes to them. Akiyu uh, is from uh, Ryuga Gotoku, uh, Yakuza, right? Yes. Is he like the lead guy from the first Yakuza? Yeah, 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 from okay. uh, all from the first. What, I couple? mean, I think Mappy's got him, but uh... no, nah, it doesn't matter. Bob takes them all. Yeah, Bob takes them all. The cops oh. can't touch Yakuza, man. And who's so, the vigilante? Help me out there. So Kazuma, Bob, and the vigilante from Road Adventure, a game I've never played. I haven't uh, either. They go on to fight uh, Red from Gunstar Heroes, the Spelunky guy, and Grant Dynasty. Well, well, Spelunky guy is pretty weak. He's like who, no matter who he's fighting, he's down. Yeah, Spelunky guy's a, a real snoozer, but yeah. he's got ingenuity. So yeah, do we have to assume that they're at their greatest potential? Like he's got a jetpack, and a shotgun, and a parachute, and and also when you consider if we, if we step outside the game and we consider that uh, Spelunky is a game for the discerning player who, uh, against all odds, will get really good at the game. So, would Spelunky be very skillfully manipulated? And Grant's a nasty goddamn guy can climb on walls. He's one of my favorite. Oh, is he the Castlevania 3 pirate? Castlevania 3, yeah, he's the the pirate. Okay. Grant Danasty. And he could throw knives, right? Yeah, he could kill Kazuma Kiryu. Yeah, he could. Uh, Spelunky is a uh, non-entity because we don't know who he is. Yeah, uh, Gunstar Red could slash him. Uh, yeah, Spooky sure. guy could probably punk Bub uh, with any one of his wiles. So that's our new victory team. Long and so. We've got uh, two more teams to go All right. uh, until we put this to bed. Uh, they go on to fight uh, Metal Slug's Theo, Air Zonk, and Valkyria Chronicles' Welkin. Welkin's a chump. I'm sorry. He's a, he's a, he's a little bit of a chump. Uh, so who took Welkin down here? Um, well, Gunstar Red could do it with his goddamn hands tied behind his back. He could just like hold the gun in his mouth. Gunstar Red, you uh, you can't you know Metal Slug characters are slow, they're sluggish. <laughs> uh, so it. Gunstar Red would definitely blow up uh, Fio. No offense to Fio, I think Fio is cool. Uh, so there's Zonk versus Spelunky guy. And yeah, I, would... I feel like Spelunky guy is pretty good with aerial enemies. Airzong's real fast, though. Yeah, he's a lot faster than the ghosts or whatever. Yeah. Or PC Denjin, as I like to call him. As he's called him. Right. Uh, 
and our fi- so I guess uh, victory goes to uh, our red spelunky guy and Grant. Yeah, that's and, true. So this is so this is the final one for all the marbles. Uh, they go on to fight against Mario, Mario, and Mario. Uh, no, but that was a team that was submitted. Mario, Wario, and Wa Mario. No, somebody, somebody actually wanted me to put in Mario, Mario, and Mario as a team. I disqualified them. Uh, they go, uh, they go on to fight against uh, Ryo Sakazaki from King of Fighters, uh, yeah. Ryo Azuki from Shenmue, Shenmue, and Ryu from Breath of Fire. Well. God, if it was Ryu from Ninja Gaiden, it'd be over. But no, it's tough. First of all, there's five Ryus from Breath of Fire. None of them are the same character. They're all um, a different person. I think he specified Dragon Corp. Okay, so that Ryu is... Uh, he has this unstoppable godlike force that if he uses enough of it, it kills him. And I feel like... Uh, he would sacrifice himself for the good of the team? Well... I feel like he would try to, but Spelunky Guy is just so crafty at avoiding all yeah. dangers that he would distract Ryu until Ryu was dead from his own timeout. Uh, Ryo Hazuki is nothing but a punk and a chump, and he's looking for some sailors. Guess what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the sailor. Uh, so he found him, so he's just gonna be, he's just gonna be done. He's not even yeah. gonna fight. Rasen, <laughs> going home now. He's he's over. And Ryo yeah. Sakazaki, you think you're cool, but Gunstar Red's got a lot of moves. Like, got so, some. Uh, so, congratulations to a uh, uh, friend of the show, Ben Burbank, who submitted. Oh, Sp- that was Burbo. Yeah, who submitted Spelunky Guy Red from Gunstar Heroes and Grant Dynasty. Good team. That's a- he actually hit upon a rather good mix there. Yeah, so. uh, they're gonna go on to fight uh, teams of your crafting in a future episode. World okay. of Yorkraft. <laughs> yes. Uh, so here's a final thing that I like to do uh, starting last week uh, where I have all of my guests recommend one oh. piece of media for our listeners to consume in the next week. It could be a book, a TV show, a movie, uh, an album, even a video game. Uh, pretty much anything you can imagine. Just assign our listeners some homework. Uh, let's start with the guest. No, don't start with me. Okay, fine. Let's start with Frank. I don't. I don't know. I okay, don't... let's start with Tim. <laughs> well, you don't have you don't have anything you you like that you feel like nobody else likes. Okay, here's I just I film... just ordered something from Amazon. Um... Here's the film Speed Racer on Blu-ray. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen this movie because somebody told you it sucks, which it occurs to me lots of people say that. Uh, what? First of all. Like, when Speed Racer, the movie, the Wachowskis' Speed Racer came out, I recall seeing people say, oh, they've ruined my childhood with this terrible movie. First of all, your childhood is over. You can't ruin it, right? Uh, you can ruin your adulthood, sure. Uh, don't, don't be an adult baby thinking about your childhood as though that's the only thing keeping you alive. Second of all, did you ever actually see Speed Racer? There's like a monkey in a diaper in the show. I mean, it's, it is not... It's not sophisticated adult entertainment. The Speed Racer movie is perfect. It's like the best thing. It is goofy as heck. It is super weird, and it is it is visually violently assaulting you with how amazing it looks. So it's it's like the most beautiful movie to watch in 1080p. It's weird. Turn your motion flow on on your TV so that you get all the weird interpolated frames and it. 
it looks like you're watching the world's weirdest TV show. You want to throw up while you're watching it. That's the goal. Yeah, you want to feel real weird when you're watching that. So just forget over yourself. All right. All right. So I got I got mine. This okay. is uh, I, I'm, I bought this book. It hasn't come in yet. But uh, in my library, I saw an advertisement for this book. It's called Celebrity Teen Talk. It's by a fellow named Jason Rich. Uh, it came out in 1991, okay? And I'm just going to read the description from the ad. You ready? Yeah, RTD, dude. <clears throat> okay. Celebrity Teen Talk is packed with information about your favorite celebrities, as well as tips for playing some of the most popular video games for all the different home video game systems. Whether you love video games or just want to learn about the celebrities, Celebrity <laughs> Teen Talk will provide accurate and often exclusive interviews. Well, what celebrity teens are we talking about here, Frank? I can't quite tell. Uh, it looks like maybe the kid from Married with Children's in there. Awesome. Bud Bundy? Bud Bundy, yeah. <laughs> so often, ex- often exclusive interviews combined with photos um, and, and some never-before-revealed video game playing secret tips, tricks, and codes. Bun, 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 bun. What a weird thing. <laughs> who made this? Bun, uh, again, that was author uh, Jason R. Rich, who has a resume online. You can find him. Oh, man. How much did you pay for this, Frank? Uh, I believe it was $1.20. That's pretty good. Yeah. Buck 20. Uh, Michael Kerwin, what would you recommend to our listeners? I'm going to recommend one of my favorite uh, TV shows that I wish more people were aware of, an Australian show called Danger 5. Yeah. Which is like a uh, 1960s alternate version of World War II that's presented like a Bond movie in which Hitler is the villain. In every episode, he has like a different world domination plan. Whoa, it's an alternate history where Hitler's the villain? That's crazy. Nice. So check that out. You might have to acquire it illegally in this country. All right. Uh, it's called Danger 5 or Danger 5. Danger five. Danger, danger. Is it danger five. Danger five, right? Like that. <laughs> All right. Uh, so you can follow us on Twitter. I'm Alex Jaffe. Frank's Frank Zafaldi. Tim's one zero eight. And Michael Kerwin is Swamp Friend, called such because he's best buds with Dr. Alec Holland. That's uh, possibly correct. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I'm not going to let you do your outros because you've been talking enough. I'm just going to say that now you're playing with podcasts. Podcast over, yeah! Why didn't you say it? I did. Just oh. then. Oh, I see. <laughs>